if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 172. This is our 2021 Dubai Duty Free Irish Open and Rocket Mortgage Classic Tips and Selections Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamber, to discuss this week's European and PGA Tour golf action. Good morning, gents. Morning, gents. Morning, guys. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics, including strokes gained these days, and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge with no paywall. It's all completely free a golf betting system. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We're available on social media. Barry is now above 2,000 followers. So thank you for that, listeners. Thanks, everybody. He's available at, it was good, wasn't it? See, we asked. And what, what are you up to now? Uh, over 2,000. <laughs> well I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what else we can get by asking could be good, like just maybe contributions just for mortgages, something like tip. that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> free Some beer, free rounds of golf. I don't know. Just bags we of could money. Go on. Is it Patriarch and start? Yeah, Patriarch, yeah. <laughs> Patreon, yeah, yeah. Patreon, Patreon. I don't know. Yeah, Steve. I don't think anybody wants to see us naked. Like so that's yeah. Maybe <laughs> cats. Maybe can that idea. Isn't there that thing called Cameo where people can request messages from individuals? Yeah, again, we'd have to pay the listeners to be able to Cameo for them. Come on. <laughs> so uh, Dif- Different revenue streams. So anyway, back to uh, Barry's handle is at a good talk golf. Uh, Paul is at golf betting and I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. When you actually come to join the Facebook group, there are two qualifying questions that you need to answer before we let you in so just bear that in mind answer them please look out for the steve bamford golf youtube channel i present the golf betting show every week please subscribe and like the shows and of course we are always on the hunt for five star apple podcast reviews those are the podcast currency and basically the more five star reviews you get the more coverage you get on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Now, I have none to read this week. So, um, we've got United States, 121 reviews from the US, 116 from the UK, and 27 from Ireland. So, if you are in Ireland or the United Kingdom and you enjoy the podcast, could you please spend a couple of minutes giving us a five-star review? I will read it out at the start of next week's show, which will be the Scottish Open and John Deere Classic show. And um, it would be very much appreciated. Okay. Oh, dear. Sometimes these these reviews, well, in fact, it tends to be most weeks, but last week was just unbelievable. The, the, fa- the Facebook group lit up 
when Bubba did a Bubba coming down the stretch at the Travellers last week. It was, um, yeah. It wasn't just Bubba either, was it? There were, there were well, from your own personal pain perspective with Russell Henley, Steve, but a few players throwing that lead around like a hot potato as it came down the stretch. It's um, entertaining, I suppose, is one way to describe it, unless you're one of the one of the players who's uh, throwing away a golden chance of winning a golf tournament. But um, yeah, I was surprised with Bubba. He, he hit odds on, which um, you'd expect given the position he was in and given his given his previous around the track, and uh, just bogeyed or double bogeyed his way in and uh, threw that away. And uh, from your perspective, Russell Henley, he was right in the mix as well until he started throwing doubles in like confetti as well, didn't he? Henley, yeah, he was too off the lead, and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I'll take the I'll take the each way at fifty fives." And then he got to the driver ball. Was it 14th? Clearly, clearly didn't want to bang it on the water in the left, so hit it about 150 <laughs> yards right. And uh, Barry did say to me um, on uh, Skype yesterday, he said that Russell Henley can be a little bit sketchy coming down the stretch. And uh, yeah, that's another one for. The, I mean, it's how many? How many could you say in this week's field at the Rocket Mortgage are absolutely cast iron in contention? Probably they're not money. This is the trouble most weeks, isn't it? Mm. Um, that tournament, though, you just look. at I mean, it's it's all just for reference rather than you, to, to do anything. Bubba won in twenty ten six back on Sunday. Leishman six back. Ken Duke two back. Strelman was four back. Bubba in twenty fifteen was a shot back. Knox was three back. It just uh, Bubba in twenty eighteen when we were on him six back. He was when he won that. And Dustin Johnson. Uh, 2020 was two back. Leaders, very well, it's difficult to convert that travellers when you're in the lead. And then Harris English, he probably would have been what four back, I'd, I would say, starting Sunday. Yeah, well, Leishman was, was you know, at one oh, point, when was, he came from nowhere, did he? Six yeah. under final round, but at one point, as everyone started to disintegrate, there was a there was a chance that his uh, his twelve under number was gonna gonna hold up. And well, he was in a playoff, wasn't he? Unless you know, until English made that birdie on eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, English was in sixth spot starting that round on Sunday. So I, I would assume he was. Uh, let's just have a quick look, shall we? Why not? I would assume he was about three or four back. No, English was two back. Leishman was four back. I suppose it, this was it. It was such a congested leaderboard, wasn't it? Was it something like 28 within four shots or something? Yeah, yeah. And you go out and you can put, if you post a score, then it can uh, it can cause some of the players a bit of a ch- challenge as they're coming in. Even even though some of those holes are, are, are quite, uh, quite attackable, as we saw, the, the mistakes are there to be made, aren't they? Um. That's English's second victory 2021, and he's now up to eighth place in terms of Ryder Cup qualification. That's kind of when you're forcing the issue there, isn't it? Because they're 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 taking the strickers having to clearly he takes six automatically and he's got six captains picks. But if you've got a player like Harris English sitting there in eighth spot come the end of the year, it'd be hard to say, well, no, Harris isn't in. I'm going to put 
um, X, Y, and Z, Phil Mickelson, and a few others in there just because I fancy them over Harris. Yeah, a bit harsh, wouldn't it? But then that's that's the, that's the nature of the setup for the uh, for the Americans issue. The playoff was harsh. I lasted four holes, and I had to just go to bed. I'm thinking I just <laughs> you know got to get up at whatever time in the morning. Three hours sleep isn't going to crack it. Eight. Uh, they went to the eighth playoff hole, wasn't it? Eight. They did. Yeah. Did you stay up till the end, Baron? Not at all. I passed out. Well, that's just the wine, isn't it? Uh, yeah, just did a bit, of, bit of golf over the weekend, yeah. So did you out. wake up at three in the morning and it had finished and it was the women's PGA <laughs> on the on the screen? Or? No, no, no. I've, I've slept right through uh, peacefully. So, um, no, three rounds of golf over the weekend. So, it's just getting my Sunday nap in <laughs> late. So, um, yeah, it's two two wins for English. I mean, it's quite a compelling argument to to get a pick. Yeah, I think so. You could kind of see it coming as well, couldn't you? I'm, I, another one where I'm slapping myself around the head after you miss it. But he he got into contention at Palmetto, fell away. He then finished like an absolute trojan at the U.S. Open, didn't he? And, and grabbed a third place back door. So he was clearly playing some nice golf. So yeah, he comes and comes and takes the victory. Kramer Hickok uh, was the other playoff. Uh, can, nice to see Kramer. He, his numbers, Hickok, always look good. Hickok's numbers, great driver of the ball, very accurate off the tee, pretty long. Um, I just uh, the other thing that I think was noticeable one one that listeners should take a note of that was gusting twenty five miles an hour on Sunday. And when I look at English and when I look at predictor model numbers, he's a decent win player, Harris English. Um, you look at Bubba Watson on the same stats over the last five years. Bubba Watson is a terrible win blower. And uh, he just fell away. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason Bubba fell away, but you know the, these things... We did know that that was going to be windy on the Sunday, that that forecast came through. Brian Harmon was up there. Harmon's a great win blower. Kisner's a good win blower. Finished like a Trojan, 63. Kepka, decent in the wind. All high on the stats. Abraham Anson made me laugh again. Absolutely made me die. Tipped up beyond belief. Everyone was on him. Throws in a two over 72 just to take himself out of contention first Thursday. And then, of course, what does Abraham Anson do? 66, 66, 65 when he knows he can't win. Finishes fourth. He's um, he's like... um. He's just like a money machine, isn't he? That never wins. It's unbelievable, Abe Anser. The modern day Charles Held a third. He is, yeah, he'll be going off at twenty to one <laughs> in his next tournament, Abe Anser. He is, he is he's a CH three, isn't he? I'm trying to think of other ones. Bo Van Pelt in his prime used to kind of do stuff like this all the time, was in the top fifty in the world. Yeah. Players that never win, but are like ranked in the top twenty in the world. Just keep Keep getting those checks, don't they? Keep getting those decent places. Huge holes of world qualifying pot spots. Mm. Um, Europe, Victor Hovland was breaking records. Yeah. Yeah. You hate, you hate tournaments where short prices win, don't you? Probably just destroys your MO completely. It's frustrating on the European tour because you get these events where players come over who are predominantly either better players or PGA Tour players, they're, they're silly short prices. Um, and you've got to take a view. You either back them and, and 
be done with it or you you try and build a case and uh, and, and hope they don't and Hovland was just too good in the end and uh, you know you could yeah you, you could have took, took a chance on him he'd, he'd withdrawn from the US Open with that eye injury but how serious was that it was probably just precautionary as we discussed on the pod last week um, and then yeah it, it just had a, a little bit too much for everyone else there I, from my perspective Bernd Wiesberger was the biggest opportunity and he was favourite at various points during the course of the week. Uh, played with Padre Harrington, didn't he, the first two days? And, and he, yeah, you know, impressive. He was. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he impressed. Uh, I'm sure he impressed the captain during the course of those two two days because he was he was right up there. He was hitting some really nice shots. He was playing some really nice golf, and then uh, just kind of trod water over the weekend. Um, as ever, it comes down to the finest of margins, doesn't it? From my perspective, the you know, a profit or a loss on the week came down to a five foot putt on the final hole, which if he makes it, I, I get out of jail with a, a small profit. If he misses, then it's a 28 way cut for, for a tie for fifth place. And yeah, he missed it. There was a lot of moans out there last week. Henley collapsed, Bubba collapsed. I had Guido who missed out on the each way places at 100 to 1 by one shot. I had Daniel Van Tonder who finished 10th over in. Um, Germany. He was one shot off in each way played. You had Bernd Wiesberger and Pablo Pablo Larazabal was right up there for most of the tournament. He was, yeah, yeah. First couple of rounds, he was looking good as well. It's, uh, I, 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 you know, you when when you invested in a player, you tend to follow him far more closely. And um, with Bernd Wiesberger, he had enough chance. He had enough makeable putts to have won that tournament by four or five shots. There was a stretch where he missed, I don't know, maybe six or seven putts from inside 10 feet in the space of, you know, I don't know, a dozen holes or so that, you know, over the course of two days, over the weekend, that's the make or break for the tournament. And Yeah. Well, did you make a Kymer's charge? Yeah. Because well, he played well at the US Open, didn't he, over the weekend? Did, charged yeah. at the US Open and took that forward in Germany. Yeah, and again, it's only you know a couple of silly mistakes um, on the Saturday rather than the Sunday. He's he's very very close, and you know his age and his fitness. I think he's if he does find that win, then he's got a bit more in the tank. I think he he could go on and 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 you know do do some damage over the next five or ten years. He's just got to get over that line, and the longer <laughs> it doesn't happen, and, and he's, you know he's he's running to Hovland here this week, which um, you know was unfortunate in that respect. Um, but yeah, he's had various other opportunities over the last year or so, and just hasn't quite managed to do it. But um, he probably will. I, I suspect he will. I suspect he's playing good enough golf that one week it will just all fall nicely for him. He'll get that he'll, win. He may he'll win by five or six, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll, yeah. he'll probably follow it, follow it up very quickly with another win, and then you know he's, he's back on the world stage and potentially. Competing and contending in uh, in WGCs and majors. Can you imagine the the sliding doors moment he had, where he was leading by ten going into where was that in um, the Middle Abby East? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that could that could be a thing that's like had a really long term effect on the guy. Mm. Yeah, that, I'm sure stuff like that just does not leave you quickly. So, um, yeah, nice guy. Ho- like, hope hopefully he does get that win soon. Um, it just kind of corrects course a little bit or. Erases the demons of that somewhat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Does, no, the course, does the course this week sort uh, play to his strengths? 
Mount difficult, difficult to tell, and because we've seen so little of it over the last well, since two thousand and four, the last time it featured on any professional stage. So um, it, it feels to me, I'll go into it in a second, but it feels to me a bit more of a, a bit more of a putters and a short game course than uh, than than that. But uh, we were talking off Mike and Barry's played it in the past, and we mentioned last week that Barry's playing it again in a week or so's time and um, I guess your view is it may be a bit more a bit more about the long game than than, than that yeah I, I, it's just it's really hard to know the, the weather is going to be very friendly this week um, there's possibility of some rain on Saturday but overall not not high winds which is going to make it a bit easier to navigate around the tree-lined holes um, it's it's been a long time since I played it, so it's hard to have a full reference in the head. And there's not a huge amount of available um, online, even on their website. You know, just dotting around to try dig into it a bit further. But yeah, it's it's hard to, it's hard to be back in Keimer when he's seemingly having trouble getting the wins um, with a little bit of the ch- the chipping issues um, when he's twenty to one. Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? Um, but when he does win, it's likely to be at that kind of price because he's been yeah. knocking on the door quite quite considerably over the last few months. But um, I don't know. Watching, watching brief for me is the answer, Steve, I think. Another thing of note for punters was, was it Tuesday night or Wednesday of last week? Bet365 just went top price on virtually the full field. Yeah, on both events, yeah. On both events, yeah. It's so an that's interesting one, that's one for list. That's one for listeners to keep a real close eye on. Yeah, because they stick rigidly to their five places and a quarter of the odds. Where you know, last week in particular, over in the US, um, the you know, most of the bookies have gone seven or eight or, or, or even ten places last week. So five places and a quarter sticks out, you know, as, as being you know the outlier to those. Uh, to those terms, so to counter that, there were some some cracking prices available. And you know, we, we've talked you know ad nauseum about the options you have about price over each way terms. And if you're a, if you're a price junkie, then uh, then well worth keeping an eye on their on their terms or their the prices over the next day or so on both events to see if we get something similar this week. Let's see what they do. Let's see what they do this week, see if it's going to be a consistent thing. But it was very, very noticeable on Wednesday. Both both events, Bet365, top price on virtually the full field. It was just um it was a, it was uh, it was clear as clear could be what they were doing. So let's 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 keep a close eye on that because yeah, if you're a price hunter, that could be something to tap into on a Wednesday if, if Bet365 continue that. Right, let's talk. Uh, the biggest tournament of the week must be the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open on the European Tour. We have Rory McIlroy eleven to two. Shane Lowry is a fourteen to one shot in spots. Fleetwood at eighteens. Kaima, as we we're just talking about, twenty to one. He's the same price as Christian Bezadenhut. Mac, uh, Robert McIntyre's WD. We've got Sam Horsfield at 25s. Lucas Herbert at 33s. And then 30, uh, it's 35 to 1 bar those. Ryan Fox and Andy Sullivan. So let me 
hand you over to Paul Williams to talk you through the Irish Open. Mm, yeah, decent enough field, isn't it? Um, mm, good field. The, yeah, lead up to the Open Championship, which um, we often see a, an improvement in the field quality. The Scottish Open Probably. next week looks looks fantastic. You've got a oh, load of American Raiders coming over, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram, um, Thomas, uh, Colin Morikawa in there. Yeah, uh, Morikawa's coming, Xander's yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, Scottish Scheffler's coming over. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Crack, Rory, cracking Rory's field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Till Hatton. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good field. And you sometimes, it depends on the, the way they've set these, um, the schedule up, doesn't it? So when we've had a, um, a three week link swing where the Irish Open's been played on a genuine links track, then the Irish Open's been quite well attended by some of the top guys who want to. Want to play links for a week, have a week off, and then get over to the open. Um, and it isn't like that this week because we're playing uh, Mount Juliet, which we'll get into in a second, which is a which is a parkland track. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's um, still decent enough. As you just said, yeah, Rory headline in the field, um, eleven to two. Um, Larry, Larry at twelve to one. So there's some, there's a couple of couple of decent uh, ex winners at the top of the market. And um, yeah, I, I guess. Depending again how you see value, there's um, there's some different options available this week as well in terms of the bookies. Boyle Sports gone ten places each way, fifth of the odds. Um, Bet three six five as we just discussed is sticking rigidly to five and a quarter, so big differential there. Um, in the middle somewhere, Coral are well worth taking a look at this week. Eight places each way on this event. There are eight places each way on the Rocket Mortgage, which you'll cover in a little while, Steve. Um, and until Wednesday night, so we're Tuesday morning here over in the UK, until midnight Wednesday, um, British summertime, they have a an enhanced new customer offer, which is bet five, get 30 in free bets, plus 30 free spins. Uh, full T's and C's apply to full T's and C's. Link to the offer are on both mine and Steve's previews this week. So that expires on Wednesday evening. So yeah. if you want a bit of eight yeah, if you want a bit of eight places each way action and an enhanced deal, then pop over to the sites um, before Wednesday evening to grab that deal. Um, Mount Juliet then, yeah, host course this week, a Jack Nicholas design. It's a parkland track, as we've described, tree-lined, 7,250-yard par 72. Uh, there's water on half of the hole, so um, there's trouble out there on, alongside the trees. The bent grass greens can get up to about 12 on the stimp. And if you go back and read um, any of the past comments from some of the events, which I'll go through in a second, that have been held here over the last 20, 30 years, the greens tend to be what everyone's talking about, how good they are, the quality of the greens, the smoothness of the greens, the, the, kind of, the, the way they run extremely true. So if you, you can start a putt online, it's very likely to hold its line. And uh, I, I guess some of the players who... Um, who who enjoy that kind of setup? Who, who really like to, uh, you know, feel rewarded for a good putt, um, get on with it really quite well. Um, in the past, it's hosted um, the WGC American Express, which was in two thousand and two, um, won by Tiger Woods at twenty five under. Two thousand and four also uh, won by Ernie Els at eighteen under. They're the two most recent events held here. Prior to that, the Irish Open was hosted here between 1993 and 1995 in a similar kind of spot in the schedule. That was won, or those were won by Nick Faldo, Bernard Langer and Sam Torrance between 11 and 13 under. So 
Um, if you're going back and studying those older events, you're not going to find a great deal of players in this week's field, unfortunately. Um, but I guess those events do give us a little bit of a pointer, particularly those American Express WGC events, because there were some um, skill stats captured for those two events. Um, and just to summarise where the differentials were, Tiger Woods was sixth for putting and first for scrambling on the week that he won at 25 under. Ernie Els was first for putting and first for scrambling also on the week that he won at 18 under. So in both instances, and that's not just the winners, if you go down the list of the players who are in contending positions, it was generally the short game and putting that said that there was a differential between contenders and non-contenders on the week. So that can kind of point you down that route, I guess. Only Els only made three bogeys during the course of the week. Tiger Woods made one bogey over four rounds when he was uh, winning at 25 under. So making birdies, bogey avoidance seems to be quite uh, quite critical. In if that's, that's a guess if we're playing in amenable conditions, which, as Barry alluded to a second ago, um, it appears to be the case. It looks like it's going to be quite nice this week in Southern Ireland. Um, light, low scoring, I'd, I'd imagine, with light winds, pleasant temperatures, maybe reaching the low 70s Fahrenheit, a little bit of wind, um, not a little, little bit of um, rain potentially to soften the course at the start of the weekend, but nothing serious. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Gut feel for me, probably 18, maybe. 22 under something like that what do you you got a feel of the winning price Barry you got somewhere in that bracket I've, I've yeah high teens maybe yeah maybe feels kind of a something like an achieve an achievable score anyway for the guys I don't like it's I suppose it depends what they want to do that like I mean I'm sure like they could I'm sure they could just like stop watering the greens and just let them get hard and bouncy but um they probably don't. Yeah, they probably. Yeah, when it's been the first time coming to a course in a long time, you don't want to go be an outlier and uh, kind of set yourself up for um, a lot of a lot of complaints. No. So yeah, you, you kind of get the feeling that they, they might just allow the scoring to happen. Yeah. No, I, I think you're probably right. There was a reaction between the Woods win in 2002 and the Ells win in 2004. They did toughen it up. And there's there's commentary about how they, they there was some deliberate attempts to make it a bit tougher. But even so, um, 18 under and again in good conditions um, still suggests that you're going to be able to make a score out there. Um if you're looking through the website this week, um, the, the the history stats won't include any of the older events uh, because they're too far in the distance. So do bear that in mind. If you go back through some of the old Irish Open winners, uh, back to 2010, uh, Ross Fisher won at 20 to one. Simon Dyson won a year after at 25 to one. Jamie Donaldson 66s. Paul Casey won at 50 to one back in 2013. Mikko Ilanen won at 80 to 1 in 2014. Son Kjeldsen at 150 to 1. He's the biggest price winner in this stretch that I'm going to read through here. Uh, Rory McElroy won in four, uh, 4 to 1 in 2016. John Rahm, the first of two the year later at 14 to 1. Russell Knox, 28 to 1 in 2018. John Rahm again at 8 to 1. And then last year, at the rearranged event at Galgoran Castle, John Catlin won at 40 to 1. I guess the problem when you're looking through those old events um, and the skill stats, and you know, there, are, there are some 
correlations between how players played at various tracks. But some of those are Parkland tracks, some of those are Lynx style tracks. So picking anything specific out of Irish Open history is a bit of a bit of a minefield this week is yeah, depending on the conditions, depending on the style of course, the different ways and different methods of, of getting the job done. But um, high greens and regulation tends to be a consistent factor in the, the Irish Open anyway. Um, but, um, you know, as to whether that holds true this week on a completely different track, we shall see. That, that probably is really- true. Just interesting yeah. on that, like, Paul, because, you know, uh, short game and links is just a little bit trickier with the greens being flat and fast and just getting the ball to land dead is... Uh, you know, a bit of a, a bit of an art form. So that kind of mm. the scrambling would hold up um, in analogy to that. Yeah, yeah, and in tougher, you know, in, in, in tougher years and windy years on linksy tracks, then you know everyone's missing greens, and mm. you know, short game can really become you know the the, the most important factor with it. Um, it's you've got a, a number of factors to try and consider when you you're going back through the history, and I've, I've not paid a massive amount of attention to it, I must say, because. I, th- I think there's there could be too many red red herrings in uh, in looking at uh, the to the performances from past Irish Opens, but uh, yeah, apart from giving you an idea that they can play players can play well in that part of the world, um, comparable courses you're probably looking over in the UK at the the kind of tree line tracks, the the Parkland tracks, which um, which which you know aesthetically there there are a number of similarities um, between that and you know some of the Heathland tracks that the. the the Wentworths and the, the various other tracks that, uh, that we've, we've seen at various points over the years um, to give you an idea as to players who might enjoy that kind of setup. Uh, if you go back through that, that list of players that I just read through, um, the only consistent form aspect is that all play, all of those um, nine players that I read through um, had finished in the top 10 in one of their last seven starts. In fact, the last three... Uh, Russell Knox, John Rahm and John Catlin had all finished either first or second in one of their previous two starts. And the last three all came in with particularly hot form. Um, but historically, if you've got a top 10 in the near or near recent future or near recent past, rather, then um, then that seems to set you in good stead coming into an Irish Open. Um, other factors, only... Really, things to note, I guess. Open qualifying this week. The top three finishers here, who are not exempt for the Open Championship, will get through if they finish inside the top ten. There's also some local final qualifying happening today at various venues. So, um, I put a link through to those players who are involved this week. None of the players that I've picked are playing in the local qualifying. Um, as to how that would work with the bubble, I'm not entirely sure. So um, if you want to double check whether your fancy is in action or not, then use the link on my preview to double check that. But yeah, I, as always, with three places up for grabs um, for the Open, those players who aren't already in the field, I've got another little incentive to, uh, to put a decent shift in this week. Um, the first three that I've picked this week, I've gone for four this week, the first three that I've picked this week are all in that situation. All three of them need to get inside those um, qualifying positions if they're going to tear up at uh, Royal St George's in a couple of weeks' time. 
The first of whom is Sam Horsfield, who are back just at 33 to 1. He's been tipped up as well um, alongside my preview. Um, he's been backed into around about 25 to 1 right now. But um, that's probably about the right price, I think, for Horsfield this week. I, I looked at Rory, I looked at Shane Lowry, I looked at a lot of the players at the top of the market. And if my assertion that you're going to need to make a lot of putts this week, you're going to need to be making a lot of birdies, is right, then um, I think there are enough question marks about some of the guys at the top to, to scrub them off at the prices on offer. Rory, as we know, when he um, finds the putter, can be particularly good. And when he when he won um, a couple, you know, four or five weeks or so back on the PGA Tour, that was purely down to the down to the putter. Sixtieth um, for strokes game putting though at Torrey Pines on his last start really doesn't excite Shane Lowry. Um, even worse on his last start, seventieth out of the seventy-one players who made the weekend at Torrey Pines in terms of strokes game putting and. They're both going to need quite considerable improvements, I think, and that stat, if they're going to feature here this week at really short prices. And at the prices on offer, you've got, you've got, you've got to give the guys respect, of course, but at the prices on offer, I can't can't go near those guys. Horsefield's the one uh, closest to the top of the market I've taken, and um, if there's one person who can make those birdies, then, then it is him. He tops that category on the European Tour for the season today. Um, he's also 24 for bogey avoidance. Top 22 for each of par 3, par 4 and par 5 scoring for the season to date. So scoring extremely nicely. Progressive form as well. 49th, 25th and then 5th last week. And that effort last week in Germany could have been much, much better. He opened with a 64. He shot 77 on Friday before recovering and finishing in a tie for 5th. And if you look back through his form, it tends to come in these kind of short, sharp bursts of three or four events. He, he won twice in the space of four events last year. Um, earlier this year, eighth, third, 15th and fourth over a four um, event stretch um, before going off the boil. So perhaps fifth last week is at the start of another one of these short, sharp bursts of form. We shall see. Um, but yeah, for me, quite possible that he puts another shift in this week, I think. Uh, so that's Horsfield. Andy Sullivan are backed as well, 33 to 1 also. Um, eight places with Corrin I took with Andy Sullivan. Um, and there's another player who finished in that log jam for fifth place last week alongside Horsfield, alongside Wiesberger and a number of, number of other players. When he plays well, Sullivan, he can absolutely butcher a field and um, he can go extremely low. He, he won at 27 under by seven shots at Hanbury Manor last year. Historically as well, he won at Villamora at 23 under, which was a nine-shot victory on the bent grass greens over there. So when he finds that putter, when the when the ball starts finding the back of the cup, then uh, he can go extremely low. Uh, opened with 61 in Dubai in December. He should have won that, really. Um, just let it slip towards the end of the uh, event there. Only missed one cut since, so it's been nice and consistent. And uh, I think he's coming into this with some good progressive form. Uh, decent, F, F, oh, decent record in Ireland generally, 6th, 6th and 2nd over the years on linksy tracks. More comparable tracks, 3rd at Wentworth last year, 6th at the Belfry more recently. I should enjoy this, I think, Andy Sullivan. A nice, scorable tree-line track should be right up his alley. Um, two longer prices, Adrian Atege, 80 to 1, um, with 8 places with Paddy Power. I mentioned a second ago that um, players or, or the last three winners had all finished either first or second on their last two starts. Only four players in the field that I can see fit that criteria. Martin Keimer, 
Thomas Detry, Jonathan Caldwell and Adrian Otegi. So I've taken a chance on Otegi um, simply because his best greens in regulation performance uh, for two years was in Sweden on his penultimate start. He was first for strokes gain uh, approach, first for strokes gain tee to green that week. So something's really clicked with his long game. 29th last week overall, but again, his long game looked really, really good. And if he can make a few putts this week, I think he can go really quite close. Um, not making many mistakes. His bogey avoidance is good. He was the closest player to Andy Sullivan's total um, back at Hanbury Manor last year. 20 under his shots and um, chasing or attempting to chase Andy Sullivan down. Um, he did win at the Scottish Championship just after that. He opened with a 62 that week. He closed with a 63. Um, he's scored a couple of, uh, he shot a couple of 64s recently as well. So there's some good scoring going on. He seems to be in good nick. Adrian Otegi for an 80 to 1 shot. Um, and finally, I've backed Aaron Rye, 125 to 1. He's been backed in. There's still, right now, there's still a little bit of 125 to 1, but I suspect he's going to go off nearer 80 to 1, something like that. So if you fancy Aaron Rye, um, I wouldn't hang about with that. Um, I, for me, that's just simply the wrong price for, for a guy of his ability. He won a Rolex Series event in Scotland last year. Um, was second in this corresponding fixture last year with Galgoran Castle. It's not been great so far in 2021. I mean, you only have to look down these results to see that. But the highlight, 18th, the WGC workday is, is far better than a lot of the players here can, can boast on their CV for the season today. And just a few flashes of form in his last start in Sweden. Um, sort of 67, 68 in two of the rounds. Eighth for strokes gained approach. And also strokes gained positive with his putting for the first time in six starts. So just some little signs with Aaron Rye that he's, um, he's starting to find some form and happy to take a chance at a three-figure price on a player of his calibre. Um, so yeah, just to recap, Aaron Rye, Adrian Ategi, Andy Sullivan and Sam Horsfield for me this week. Any fancies from you, Barry? Um, yeah, I've kind of gone down to just looking at guys who are well are playing well, but also who've had a little bit of um, success on the, the Parkland tracks. And one that kind of caught my eye was Callum Hill, who was eighth at the Belfry um, a few weeks back. And uh, has been playing some pretty decent golf. Um, played the Irish Open last year, so uh, finished 28th. So he's not allergic to playing here in Ireland. So I took him at 50 to 1. Um, Niall Carney have backed who's striking the ball great last week um, no reason to believe why that wouldn't continue um, 150 to 1 8 places is very tempting in a not super strong European tour field and then the the other one which I don't know it's a total shot in the dark because he could just as easily go missing this week but uh, Victor Dubuisson had a really good week last week <laughs> Um, does not get on well with the Irish Open, has just got a rake of missed cuts, but I'm hoping that uh, you know, a parkland track might suit him a little bit better. Um, so 80-1 to 1 just felt like a fun a fun punt um, for somebody that was hitting it very well last week. And then no comments so far. <laughs> I heard Steve grunt. No, no, no. <laughs> perhaps uh, perhaps Debris on fancies a, uh, fancies a new fishing rod or boat or something and well he's in a great spot of the part of the country for that so he just could be, you know. <laughs> uh 
Um, <laughs> it, it, it put a shift in for a couple of weeks and, uh, and fund his next venture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I took a little flyer on Takumi Kanaya. Uh, he was 17th last week. He's had a uh, had a win this year on one of the uh, Japanese tour events. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Super talented yeah, no, guy, 60-61. So I just, be, because of the, I'd say, lack of familiarity on uh, recent tour star, uh, events at this course um i decided to kind of stay away from the the shorter prices just too much uh too many unknowns there but it would it would it wouldn't surprise me to see Keimer go Keimer go well again this week mm-hmm. um so hard to know about rory but what rory shows up this week um he's he's playing next week as well so he's he's you know there's a it looks like that appears to be a plan to get the game kind of firing on all cylinders, getting into the Open Championship. Um, Shane, Shane's hitting the ball very well, tee to green. It's if he can get that putter to cooperate, he, he's just going to be so so dangerous. He was excellent at the U.S. Open tee to green, wasn't he? He's just yeah. again the putter was putter was very very bulky. Yeah, really being, was. Being, I mean, you and I were following him because we were both on him. But mm-hmm. yeah, tee to green, he was still playing very nicely. Yeah, just yeah. Couldn't, couldn't make a putt for Toffee. It must be tearing yeah. his hair out. Mm. Yeah. No, going back to Callum Hill, he was um, impossible for me to shift from the predictor this week. So um, statistically, he fits very, very nicely. Noel Carney, I was very close to backing him as well as uh, as one of the longest shots. So I can see exactly where you're coming from. It was, it, it, it was decent last week. I know it, it, at one point he had a couple of shots lead and um, yeah, it's difficult to... To, to maintain that when you're looking for your big breakthrough, but um, you know, there's something there, isn't there? He finished. What did he finish third a, a few weeks prior to that as well? From memory, it's, um, yeah, the, 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 there's something percolating with uh, with Carney. So, uh, so yeah, and I, I, I wish you wish you luck with those bets this week. Anything? I know you've been uh, been slaving over your Rocket Mortgage previous, Steve. Did anything catch your eye at any point? Well, I wonder what Richard Bland turns up because if it's the Richard Bland for the first two um, days of the U.S. Open, eighty to one seems like a very good price. Yeah, I don't know. With Bland, is, is Richard Bland just going to disappear into nothingness again, or where does he go from here? Well, this, this is the this is the question, isn't it? Where does he go? Does he does he keep the good play content? I mean, you look at Bland's second in the O two Irish Open. Uh, he finished second in a challenger back in 2008, 10th in the 2009 Irish Open and 5th in 2010. So he's come across to Ireland plenty of times and had some really good success. Mm. And those first two days at the US Open, he was outstanding. I mean, the whole world was Dickie Bland. Who's this Dickie Bland chap? You know, people on the European Tour can play decent golf. It's, it's shocking, I know. It's shocking, I know, for a lot of our uh, North American listeners. But even when yeah. they're forty-eight, even when they're forty-eight, the, and then of course it all it all got too much for him. But that's kind of what you expect. But yeah. he's playing the best golf probably of his of his career. And I just think eighty to one. That's a good price with the uh, Unibet. Mm-hmm. The interesting, it's interesting thing. Like looking back at. Just the WGC leaderboards. There's a real mix of uh, styles of golfers and and and, and dis- lengths of golfers off the tee. So I think this week is kind of wide open for um, for most people to contend. 
So hopefully it's one of those tracks where just, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a bomber or mm. 265 off the tee. If, if your game's in good shape, you can you can contend. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's I a, think there's a lot of decent players in there, which I think are after him. Marcus Armitage won the other week. He's, he's up there at 70 to 1. Um, you know, there's 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 Yosh Louton at sixty to one. You could build a case around Yosh's toast, really, couldn't you? Yep. I've yeah, just noticed yeah, Thomas Thomas, Di- Thomas Dietrich's playing in a uh, Open Championship qualifier this morning. He's one yes. under par. Somewhere. Yeah, so some of these guys, have, you know, I, I, I'm not entirely that's, that's sure not great. Them. That's not great prep, is it? Because they'll be arriving in Ireland tonight. Yes. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I mentioned who'd, um, who'd finished inside the top two in one of his previous two starts. So, you know, he fits, he, he ticks that box if you want to get down as, as specific as that. But yeah, some of these guys have got to play their qualifier today, then get back into the bubble somehow. And yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they square that off the European Tour, but um, that's for, for, them, for them to resolve, not me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot you could build a case. Yost Loughton was the last of my list, Steve. So I really don't want him to win this week. But I could see him going well. He's he's been finding a lot of greens and regulation for the last uh, three starts for himself. And if that putter, if he puts just even half decently um, with with his approach play, he could go well this week. So so yeah, I could, I could see Yost featuring. I just think I think at the top, you know. McElroy, Lowry, Fleetwood, Keimer. I mean, I personally would be taking Martin Keimer at twenty to one over something, someone like Fleetwood, who's as short as twelve to one. I mean, that's a ridiculous price on Tommy Fleetwood. That's kind of where. And Christian Bezaden, who he's been playing some excellent golf. I mean, he he was he's contending in the last two majors. So it's a it's a good it's a good event. I I think it's going to be a, a fascinating tournament this week. Uh, did you mention? I think Justin Thomas is playing uh, Scottish Open. Yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Thomas, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a cracking field next week. It's uh, the Renaissance Club. Is that the is that the uh, course where they were shooting like thirty five under par the first year they yeah. went there? Uh, I'm not sure it's the the most appropriate of preparations for the Open, but it is um, aesthetically linksy, so um, it gets uh, yeah, it gets people a bit of. Uh, Sea salt in the nostrils, as you describe it, and um, get some get some thinking about uh, you know the, the way to uh, to approach a linksy style track the following week. But yeah, be, I think it'll be a little bit easier than it will be when they get to Sandwich the following yeah. week. Yeah, let's hope for a um, a bit of wind at uh, Royal St George's. That'll sort a few of them out. Indeed. I think it's going to be slightly different at Royal St George's in a fortnight to what we've got at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. If there was ever a PGA Tour um, tournament title, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is the kind of uh, uh, the kind of ar- archetypal one. Detroit Golf Club, Detroit, Michigan. So we're upstate United States. Um, they've played this twice, and they have ripped. This you 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 love these kind of tournaments, Barry. You absolutely love them, don't you? Twenty five under par for Nate Lashley, and twenty three under par for Bryson last year. I don't even think they need to be getting the fire trucks out this week because it's been hammering down in Detroit. So I think the course will be soft enough before they get there. So I don't think there's any requirement for the um, local Detroit uh, fire 
high uh, tenders to get down to the course and water those greens. They might need them uh, out there Wednesday with the pumps night. to take a bit of the water away from the fairways. Oh, uh, yeah. No mud balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they might preemptively, um, in, you know, do lift clean in place just just for the whole week. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Just to I make sure everybody see. could shoot thirty under. There was another thirteen mil of rain overnight. Uh, I noticed when I was up at five a.m. this morning, and uh, there's also forecast for more rain today. So um, it instantly said to me, Charlie Hoffman. So Char- Charlie's in the team, soft golf course. He, he he does like to destroy a soft golf course. But yes, it's there's no wind either, so it's it's, it's just going to be taken apart. But there's a kind of you look at Nate Lashley uh, and you look at Bryson DeChambeau, they're kind of poles apart. And the first time they played this in 19, you had lots of shorter hitters towards the top of the leaderboard. And then last year, it was an absolute bomber's paradise with Bryson DeChambeau and Matthew Wolf basically heading, heading the scoring. And you also had a situation where I think it was one of the highest average driving distance golf courses on the PGA Tour last year. I mean, you even had Webb Simpson 305 yards off the tee. Um, I think it might be slightly different, though, because the last two years it has been, they, the, the fairways are wide here. They've basically been dry. So you've had the, the worst possible mix where you've got fairways that are running and greens that are soft and receptive. So they've literally just ripped the golf course apart. I think this year you might have a situation as you said, you might even have lift, clean and place in situ this week. Um, there might be less run on the fairways, which may actually work almost probably more for the Bombers, where they can just get it out there as far as they can and have that advantage with no run on those fairways. There is thunderstorms potentially throughout the whole week, so I don't see this course getting firm or at all much run on the fairways whatsoever. They say it's four-inch rough, but as we saw last year with um, with uh, Bryson and Matthew Wolf, they were just just hacking it out of the rough with no problems at all, getting onto the greens. It's pretty nondescript, really. It's a, it's a classical golf course. It's tight. It's tree line, but the the you know the key elements here are wide fairways, receptive greens. And you've got no water on the course apart from one hole. Um, And it's only 7,370 yards. Which which for a par 72 these days. It's just not, not stretching them. So for me, I've been very much looking into... Players that are positive on Poana Greens, because again, we've got Poana Greens in play this week. Very few bent grass green golf courses now on the PGA Tour, mm. you think it through. So far, we've only had, shoot me if I've missed one, bent grass greens. I think we've only had Augusta and Colonial so far. Every other golf, oh, sorry, and Muirfield Village, because they reseeded the greens to pure bent grass. Lot of power, and as we know, Bermuda just seems to be virtually every week. We're now upstate, and we're getting a mix: Poana and Bentgrass. Eighty percent Poana, twenty uh, percent Bentgrass this week. So similar greens to what we saw at the Travellers. 
But that, for me, gives me a leaning. I'm looking for players that we know are comfortable out in California, out on those POA golf courses. Um, Bryson, of course, California guy, won this last year. Nate Lashley has gone on to finish fifth at Pebble Beach. He won this at two, uh, I think it was 350 to one. No, 250 to one in 2019. You'll like this, Barry. He was an alternate. He literally got in the day before the tournament. <clears throat> what could you possibly be hinting at, Steve? <laughs> Well, one of the reasons I delayed my tips was because I wanted to see if Seamus Power got into the field because he's fourth alternate. He didn't play the qualifier yesterday. He was down to play it and he didn't play it. So he must have got a little bit of a tip off that he's going to get in. Because when I looked yesterday, um, when the odds were starting to come out, he was fourth alternate. And now you're saying um, you Peter Uline is first alternate and Peter was third yesterday so I think you know things are ticking over and yeah they've they've taken Mito Pereira haven't they and Ben yeah. Martin was playing yesterday and made the playoff at the qualifier and then they pulled him off the, out of the playoff and said oh by the way you've got you're in. in you're in so f- forget about this get yourself up to Detroit so that now leaves Peter Uline as the first alternate and Seamus Power as the second it's happening. Now, I reckon I saw Rob Bolton tweet out the other day that there were three sponsors' invites. And from what I've seen from his Twitter account, they've only filled one. So you might find they might even just give Uline and Seamus Power the two sponsors' invites, get them into the field. Now, Seamus Power is playing golf from the gods. And across my eight-week trackers, if he doesn't play this week, John Deere Classic, he'll get into because it's not as good a field. I'm all over him like a dirty... Uh, a, a, <laughs> I'm all over him like a rash next week up at the John Deere Classic. But yeah, I mean, I'd have loved to have put power in my um, tips this week, but as he's not in the field yet, I can't do that. What I will say is if he is a late entry, he is the sort. You know, something t- sub-20 under par. Low scoring, that is, yeah. that That is, yeah, low scoring. He's got plenty of pop off the tee, isn't he? Um, that, to me, is far more shameless power this week and next week than it was at the Travellers where it's gusting 20, 25 mile an hour over the weekend. And he was still in the mix when it was actually scorable early doors, wasn't he? So, yeah, shameless power would be one to watch out for. What do you reckon they price him up at, 100 to 1, something like that? Uh, I hope so, yeah, because he was, he was over 100 last week. So, you know, I think that he slipped down out of, like, the top 10 radar. Um, if he'd been in the top 10, he'd be in this week already. So hopefully he stays under the radar. Yeah. The only thing the bookmakers will know is that he went off in the third last group at this t- at uh, the Rocket Mortgage last year. So he, he clearly got on very nicely with the course. Anyway. One to keep an eye on. Listen, a winning um, a winning price is a winning price. You know, we we've we've discovered this recently. You no, know, even if they are short, so uh, he's not. Yeah, he's he's not going to be any shorter than 90, 80 to ninety to one, is he? He can't be really. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. I'd be all over it. Yeah, it's difficult to find. As I said, when you got Nate Lashley and. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, they are literally poles apart, the two, the winners here. Um, 
Lincoln, I've put this in the uh, preview. Lincoln, Bryson, and Nate from a playing style perspective is difficult, nigh impossible. Both, though, were highly ranked in terms of strokes gained on approach arriving in Michigan. And both renewals also highlight that strokes gained putting was the key to victory. Nate Lashley gained over two strokes per round from tee to green, but outscored that with his putter. 2.33 strokes gained putting per round. DeChambeau, 1.82 strokes gained tee to green, outscored that with his putter, 1.96. And that is rare, it has to be said, on the PJ Tour, where putting and the amount of strokes gained actually outweigh what you do from tee to green. I'll just give you an example. Last week, Harris English, who won the Travellers, gained two strokes per round tee to green and less than a stroke with the putter. So the, the, the worst statistic known to man in terms of trying to preempt is strokes gained putting. Um, so good luck if you can uh, find the, the guys that are going to pass, putt best on the greens. I mean, I'll take you through the top 12 of the last eight weeks. Hadwin and Landry at 12, Higo at 11, Doc Redman at 10, Adam Long, Hunter Mahan, and John Pack at seven. Troy Merritt at six. I had a good look at Merritt. He's playing good golf. Cam Davis at five. Kevin Kisner at four. Jason Kokrag at three. Can Jason make it three PGA Tour wins this season? Ryan Gibson and Satoshi Kodaira have been the best putters over the last eight weeks. Um, I'm not sure it's that simple. Kisner, of course, could be uh, the car. He finished third here last year. Finished very, very fast last week. Uh, was it 63 on Sunday? Seven mm -hmm. under? Back door? I, 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 I don't know who you bat, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're on Kisner this week, Baron, because you do like a bit of Kevin Kisner. Yeah, kind of in between. I had a look. The, the long game wasn't amazing. Yeah, wasn't. The, putter, the, putter, no. the putter was the thing that was firing, and that's funny because that's what he was struggling with for a while. The long game is fine, so... Maybe he's kind of like uh, on a seesaw at the moment, you know, long game versus putter, and then yeah, he he, he finds it. But um... I'll go in reverse order where I'm at. I tell you a guy that played really nicely last week, and I, I always watch out for this particular individual. He, he's not a big name, gets overlooked most weeks. But Andrew Putnam, I remember him winning the Barracuda Championship back in 2018, up at uh, the Montreux Golf Club that they used to play, or Country Club, whatever, I can't remember. It was a Jack Nicklaus design up. It's the one they used to play, or they still play it, but they've moved it to a different golf course. But the one they play in Reno, and that's the tournament they play on the Stableford Modified. And he, you know, you've got to be shooting ridiculously low amount of you know high birdies and eagles to win that. He won that in 2018. He won that off the top 10 the week before in Canada. And when you look at Putnam, he is the sort that likes these kind of Poana, Bentgrass, Greens. Um, I also tipped him up 2019 Sony Open. He came second that week at 80 to 1 to Matt Kuchar. Give him a short course. Give him something that's scorable. I, th I think uh, Putnam's very streaky. Uh, also, so far this year, he's finished 7th in Phoenix, 5th in Puerto Rico, and 4th at Bay Hill. 
And then last week at TPC River Highlands, he shot eight under uh, across Friday to Sunday. So last 54 holes, he was T7 in the field. He finished with a 66 to climb to 13th spot overall. Sixth for strokes, uh, six for greens in rig, love that. Fourth for strokes gained on approach and 15th for strokes gained T to green. So I thought 150 to one, eight places each way this week on Andrew Putnam was a very decent shout. He's the sort, you know, Putnam, who can be dog awful for long, long periods of time. And then he just finds something, be it the putter or his approach game. And he just strings together a couple of nice results. So I could see Putnam in the mix this week at a golf course that um, is going to yield a lot of birdies. So, yeah, I'm on board eight places each way, 150 to 1 with Bet Fred on Andrew Putnam. Taking that Californian angle, Maverick McNeely. I, I, you look at McNeely and you look closely at his schedule. He's very, very selective about where he plays. He's not one of these players that kind of chases the big tournaments and plays, uh, you know, invitationals. Uh, well, I, I don't know. He, he seems to be, I mean, Travellers Championship, uh, Charles Swab. He plays the Heritage. Honda, I mean, he plays the Honda Classic. Now, most American golfers, you know, they, they'll go anywhere but play the Honda Classic. Uh, Riviera, he, he seems to be the uh, Pebble Beach every year. He's, he's, he's a very selective about where he likes to play. And his results are quite selective as well. A lot of where he plays well seems to me to be very Poana positive. You know, I'm seeing... Um, a 5th at Pebble Beach in 2020, a 15th at Torrey Pines in 2020. Bear in mind, he grew up in Stanford and went to Stanford Uni. It kind of makes sense with the Poanang angle, clearly Californian. He was 8th here last year, where he was 3rd for strokes gained putting. And then since then, 7th at the Barracuda Championship. That's, again, they played that now at Old Greenford. That featured Ben and Poana mixed greens. 2nd at Pebble Beach this year, which was the one that really took my attention. He, he was the guy that ran Daniel Berger the closest that particular week. Again, a, a, I know there's a set of three courses, but in the main, they're 72s. They're 7,000 yards. They're short. They're attackable. He also finished fourth at Harbortown in April. Again, another tight course. That one features Bermuda grass. But he was fifth for, um, fifth for strokes game putting that particular week. And then last, last two outings, he's fired in some quite low rounds. 20th at the Charles Swab Challenge. That featured a second round 63. And then last week, he hit the uh, straps by going low in round one. He shot a 65 in round one, fourth best round of the day. And the thing that's got me with McNeely is it's just the fact that 
it doesn't really come through in his strokes gained numbers, although he was first for strokes gained off the tee last week, which is always a great sign. He can get it out there as well. He's like a three... He's, he's averaging 305, 306 off the tee, so he's not sure. He's got plenty of power, McNeely, for for quite a... Um, a he's, not, he's not the biggest of builds. But I just love the way he's hitting the ball recently. 12th for total driving, 19th for greens and reg, 13th for ball striking at the at Colonial. And then last week, 2nd for total driving, 15th for greens and reg, 2nd for ball striking. Best driver of the golf course last week. Tie that in. If, if he can keep though that tee to green game going this week and putt like he can do on Poana, which seems to be a very favourable putting surface for him. I think he'll go very well this week. 70 to 1 I got with him. Eight places each way. With Coral, who Paul mentioned earlier, have got this enhanced bet £5, €5, get £30 or Euro free bets, plus the 30 free spins offer. Available at our website this week. Key terms and conditions, of course, available at Golf Betting System. And it closes... Wednesday evening, that enhanced sign-up deal. But McNeely, yes. Putnam and McNeely are the ones that I've gone with uh, first off the bat. Let me bring you two in. Who are you gone for at uh, triple digits or bigger prices? <laughs> How did you guess? Uh, I actually I, I arrived at McNeely myself last night as well. For um, Let's go with your reasons. They're a lot better than mine. And so... What what was your reason? Um, I, I've hacked into your computer and saw what you're doing. Um, I, do you know what? I can't remember. I was just flying along, doing a bit of research, um, popping around the he's place. Been, he, he's just been flashing low numbers, isn't he? And so, if, if this is a golf course that's going to suit longer hitters this week, I don't think his lack of length or the fact that he gained almost five strokes off the tee last week, they're not going to, they're not going to hurt his chances, are they? He's clearly very, very confident with the driver right now. So, yeah, I, th- I think that. And he, he, he just clearly, Californian lad, I think this golf course, low scoring, Poana Greens, is just going to, it's like a home away from home, really. I think that I think that's what it was. I was actually playing with the projector model, and um, that that he just popped up in the in the model I put put together. So mm. yeah, I'll take it. Um, I've just done up another projector model here, and he's not showing it at all. So let's, you know, I guess that's built into the price, right? Um, yeah, I took, we're not I, we're not charging you though. Every time you run that predictor model, it's all no, free of charge at no, Golf no, Betting no. System. So you can get all yeah. these different results. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can confuse yourself, silly. All very, free of very charge. Very easily, yeah. Um, yeah. And a couple of long shots like I um, Pat and Kazire. I know he's had an awful last few weeks, but he can just pop up out of nowhere, um, and and kind of tends to go well um, at these uh, low scoring affairs. So. Took a flyer in him. I think I got him at 125. No, 100, 100 to 1. And um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm flipping around whether to back Kisner or not. I don't know. I'm definitely waiting for Seamus to get into the field. That's 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 100% happening. So I'd say the one that I came closest to adding at, at another big price 
150 to 1 out there right now. Bo Hosler. He started to play. He he. Bo Hosler is kind of behind the eight ball in the FedEx Cup, and they're at. If you're not in the top one twenty-five or one fifty, at least you're getting booted down to the um, Corn Ferry this time round. And it's noticeable with Bo that all of a sudden he started to play. I know you like a bit of Bo. I wouldn't be surprised if you were going to mention him, Paul. He he played very very nicely at the Travellers. Yeah, no, I'm not on him, but I can see the logic. He does like a. He does like a, an event where he can get his, uh, his, his magic wand working yeah. nicely. Fantastic putter, isn't he? So, so yeah. He's another one to keep your eye on for the John Deere Classic next week. I think Bo Hosler. Mm. So I expect he finishes top five this week and destroys his price for <laughs> <Yeah>. next week. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that, isn't it amazing how that happens though, when a guy <clears throat> really needs a, a good result to, to just solidify his card? He might get up there into the lead, but you know, ultimately it feels like a third or a fourth place finish is what kind of ends up settling on, which is still fine if he's 150 to 1 and you're not getting well, what a happened, place if That's what, exactly what happened with Kramer Hickok last week, wasn't yeah. it? No, Hickok, was, I, I, don't, I think Hickok was, he was way outside the 125. And now all of a sudden he's got, you know, fair play to him. He's got his playing credentials. They're all sorted out for the next 12 months, aren't they? He's on the PGA Tour. And a couple, uh, Hosler, just for reference. Bo, for reference, is 150 in the FedEx Cup. And I, yeah, you, you throw away the last couple of weeks where he's been playing half decent. He's probably down in the 170s. He was nowhere. All of a sudden, again, another Californian. I could see Bo going extremely well this week. Um the other three I've backed, I've already mentioned Charlie Hoffman. He's kind of self-explanatory, isn't he? Just playing great golf, loves soft golf courses, long off the tee. He's always been the sort where if you... a, a low, I used to call him a desert rat, a bit like a Kevin Nah. All those desert tournaments where you used to shoot 25, 27 under par to even make the top 10. Hoffman was always a kind of fixture. The other one you could add to that would be Scott Pearcey. He's 200 to 1 this week, Pearcey. Pearcey's another, you know. How long has Scott Pearcey been on the PGA Tour? He's outside the 125. And he's been flashing some numbers, hasn't he? He was first for strokes going tee to green a few outings ago, Scott Pearcey. Finished like top 20. Couldn't putt. And then yeah, he, I think he got in, he, he withdrew. There's injury problems. That's the that's the thing with him. At some point, though, Piercy needs to do something. Otherwise, he's losing his PGA to a car. And he's a good player, Piercy, on his day. This is the kind of event he'll like. Anyway, one and a half points each way, 40 to 1. I got with, uh, was it Ball Sports? No, it wasn't Ball Sports, was it, in the end? Coral, yeah. Coral, we got with. Yeah. Charlie Hoffman. Um, I've gone for bad back Jason Dunn. 33 to 1. I thought 33 to 1 on Jason Day in this field was a good price. He was actually 40 to 1 with William Hill on first show, which I knew wouldn't hang around and it didn't. But um, when I when you're seeing Skybet at 22 to 1 on Jason Day and you're seeing William Hill on the same eight place terms at 40 to 1, you realise that Skybet don't want to take any money on Jason Day. And I can kind of see why. Because in this field on a soft golf course, I. A lot of the stuff I think Jason Day says is is almost like a smokescreen, and we should know over the years. 
Um, yeah, I know he's not world number one. He's he's not at the kind of levels that he was playing in 2015. But he was mighty impressive last week if you actually looked at his numbers. And actually, 2015, he won in Canada, Wisconsin, New Jersey and Illinois. Well, this week we're in Michigan. So he just loves this kind of latitude in terms of the, of North America. He's great on Poana Greens. He's a two-time winner, of course, at at uh, Torrey Pines. He goes top fives Pebble Beach every single year. Um, if he's actually into a positive mental state and he's, and he's actually believing in what he's talking in his interviews, i.e. he's playing well, he's really, really digging in to make sure that he gets a decent spot in the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is what he kept saying last week. He's down at 100th in the FedEx Cup. He jumped 10 spots last week with that top 10 finish at River Highlands. But his numbers last week were just incredible. Fifth for driving distance. He was lashing it. Um, He was 14th for driving accuracy, which is not easy around River Highlands. First for total driving. Seventh for greens in reg. First for ball striking. And second for all round in the all round category. And that first for total driving was the first time he topped total driving since the 2015 PGA Championship. That's pretty mad. Seven years, that was his best driving performance. Yeah, something percolating. And I remember a few months ago, Jason Day was barely getting it 275 off the tee, which would suggest he really had trouble with his back back then. Or he'd go, who knows what Jason Day's up to? But if he, if you, if you're backing players based upon their seeding and their odds, yesterday forty to one on Jason Day, a twelve-time PGA Tour winner and major champion, ex-world number one. If you were back backing his ceiling, that price just had to be. Back, so I, I'm on at 33, which I think is a decent price in this field. If he plays anywhere near the tee to green game he was playing last week, I can't. I just can't see Jason Day not being in the mix, unless, of course, he withdraws pre-event with a bad back, or during the event with a bit of hay fever, or whatever comes along, because he he does like a W. But at least I'm not backing him at 16 to one like I did with Paul Casey last week. So I took the 33s on Jason Day. And the other one I took, and you you just don't know what side of the bed this guy is getting out of. You'll Steve. know within the first nine holes whether he's going to miss the cut. But if Matthew Wolf actually turns up and plays the kind of buccaneering golf that he can play, and what he did play here last year, I think 33 to 1 about Matt Wolf's a decent price as well. Steve, have you laminated that Casey post-it note? I mean, it's got to, it, it has to be over now. The fascination. Um, I thought he was a he 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 must have listened to the podcast last week. I mean, four under through the front nine, and you're thinking, oh, Paul, yeah, man, we're in. Then then he he four bog was it five bogeys on the dut on the back nine, and people are mumbling he's got a bad back, but he continued to play. He was fourth last week for strokes gained tee to green. And he lost five and a half strokes on the greens, Paul Gazer. Amazing. Yeah, he's never the most reliable on the greens anyway, is he? But um, that's pretty pretty poor, isn't it? 
So yeah, I've gone for Wolf, who you know at the top of this at the top of this betting. I, I uh, he won the three M Open in twenty nineteen, his third ever professional golf tournament, and if he turns up and he's right and he's positive, and he plays as well as he did from tee to green at the U.S. Open, and he was putting magnificently well at the U.S. Open. Again, another Californian, Poana Greens. I could see Wolf on a soft golf course ripping this place apart as well. But, as I said, within the first six to nine holes, you'll know if he's going to shoot five over and miss the cut, or actually he's checked out mentally and isn't playing this week. He's absolutely all over the place. Still gives you time to catch... um... Catch a few like Thursday bets with the extended places. If if he ejects early, you can add on another another bet. Yeah, but Wolf's the kind. Uh, he, if he if he's two over through three, just don't back him because it's only going. He just doesn't pull it round. Oh, I'm not saying him. double down on him. I'm saying you could go back somebody else. Oh, go and back somebody else. Yes, but that's I mean go in a way in a way back wacky going back wacky knee yeah. or something like that. But yes. In a way, it's kind of good that he's binary like that because you don't have it's you don't have the hope that kills you thinking oh he could be okay you know it's just like it's like a band aid just ripped off he's done for the week move move swiftly on oh absolutely you you know over here in the UK you know if he's playing a lunchtime t- you know by about three thirty in the afternoon whether you're getting any kind of value with Matthew Wall. But you've got to say, when he plays good golf, you know, mm. second at the Rocket Mortgage last year, fourth at the PGA, second at the US Open, that's the other thing with Wolf. You look where he plays his best golf, they tend to be the exact same golf courses as Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's the same game, isn't it? It's bang it as far as you can, gouge it out the rough, and they're both decent putters. Very, very good putters. And probably when the the wind is calm as well, seems to match up yeah. with when when those boys go reasonably well. Yeah, I get that because they're hitting it so high and so far that the, the wind if the wind is up, there's more time to affect the ball. I never, I never, I said in the podcast last week I was going to auto bet Wolf over the next few weeks because I, I think he's due a big week at some point because of, you know he hasn't been playing a lot. Blah blah blah. This course suits him, but I didn't think Travellers did because at Travellers, I think you've got to have some element of driving accuracy, and that isn't Matthew Wolf. But this week, I think the the, the if the fairways are eight yards wider, there's no water in play, and he can just lash it as far as he wants, especially now it's going to be soft. So yeah, there's there there are my those that are my five: Wolf, J Day, Charlie Chuck Hoffman. Maverick McNeely and the guy that you barely notice, Andrew Putnam. Any others to add, chaps, or first round leader bets? Or yeah, uh, I've not actually placed a bet yet, but the, well, there's a few guys that I've uh, I've looked at to, um, uh, in the running. R- Ryan Armour, you are yeah, Ryan Armour, yeah, Ryan yeah, Armour, yeah. is he in? Yeah, potentially Ryan Armour, eighth recently, fourth last year. Um, Sepp Stracker's going to be popular, isn't he? 11th and 8th from his two starts here, 10th last week as well. Um, Doc Redman, potentially, as well. He was a runner-up here a couple of years ago and runner-up. They uh, know it, though, don't they, with Doc? Yeah, they do, but yeah. He, he's well found out, isn't he? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, 55 to 1 
and Skybet 45 to 1. You know, they don't want to take a penny on Doc Rivin. No, they don't. And you talked about Seamus Power getting into the field. The one that I um, had my eye on before, um, or when the alternates list came out, was Mito Pereira, who we mentioned a few moments ago. Um, and he's now in the field. Um, he's only just started to be priced up by various bookies, so I'll keep an eye on that. But it looks like he's going to be around about the 100 to 1 or thereabouts mark. Um, but the Chileans won his last two Corn Ferry stars, um, 21 under and 27 under last time. Um, he also won at 20 under last year. So he loves a, a, a low scoring affair, um, scoring very, very nicely as well. And, uh, two wins on the trot in the Corn Ferry. Can he continue that form into the main tour this week? I don't know. It's, stranger things have happened, haven't they? It's not exactly um, packed, is it? No, not really. As long as he's mentally not, oh, I'm playing on the PTA tour. He just keeps yeah, the, I, not the golf going, and he's clearly playing outstandingly. Yeah, I, mean, you, we took, you, I think it was last week you talked about players who um, can win at a lower level, and three Corn Ferry wins, but also five wins on either the uh, Latino American or um, the Chilean tour back in the past wow. as well. So he's got eight wins as a professional to his name. It's so really... He's pretty, pretty lock when he's in contention. Then. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's well capable. One, so. one to keep an eye on for next year. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah. uh, Matt Avery's playing, so I'll, I'll waste some money backing him first round leader as well. But uh, that's by the by, really. But yeah, I, that's that kind of where I've, I've, other than that, I've not spent a great deal of time on it. But yeah, yeah. Mito, when uh, when there's uh, enough prices to take a view on him, he's got to go in, I think. Will you or won't you on Kevin Kisner, Baron? That is the question. I just wasn't impressed with his tee to green game last week. It was all putting, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's the kind of guy that I'd say if the mood strikes him, he could just bring it all, but you know, turn it on. I mean, if if he's if he, like I said a few weeks ago, he had the long game going. The putter was out, so it's about matching it up in a week. Maybe this is it. I don't know if he can handle the the super low scoring. Day on day on day on day. I think this is going to be... You're going to have to be, what, like 25 under this week? I, yeah. I don't know. I remember he, he won the um, RSM at 22, didn't he, when he got that first two of victory. Um, mm. didn't, yeah. He had a couple of great rounds last week. So, I mean, that's, I might be just completely contradicting myself, but... Yeah. Don't know. It's the price. It's the price. That's probably what's got me like trying to convince myself off it. Are you price you've been price proud. Yeah, not proud, but just yeah. Damn it, Steve! Just send me a tenner. I'll put on a bet. The the tr- what happened to Ricky Fowler last week? We're all we're all smart on Ricky, weren't we? We were sweet, and it just went horribly wrong. Dear, <laughs> yeah. nasty. Yeah, Treble Eight Sport clearly, clearly thought he played really well because he's thirty three to one with Treble Eight Sport this week. <laughs> My God. I think he's on the upward trajectory, so one one to keep an eye on, I think. Hmm. The other one I did think of, and I always bear in mind with you, Paul, you always say Ben or Ben Power Greens, Alex Norum. And he finished third at the 3M Open last year. And the 3M Open has quite similar, you know, that's in Minnesota. This is in Michigan. Um, it's, just, it's a different kind of course because it's more of a kind of water feature course, that one. But there's definite similarities 
between players that have done well at the 3M Open and players that have done well at this event. And Norrens in the top 12 across my last eight weeks strokes gained total, current four. Yeah, yeah, something. Uh, there's been a few positive signs of him, hasn't there? So, yeah. We shall see. He is eighth strokes gained current form last eight weeks, Alex Nurin. 20th strokes gained T to green. I think the thing that put me off him was the fact a lot of the T to green is around the greens rather than the approach play. Seems to be driving it well, missing greens, and then like playing like Seve Ballesteros around the greens, on the greens. But anyway, that might work this week because it's not a very difficult golf course. I think that's us, isn't it? That's uh, that's the Irish Open and Rocket Mortgage Classic podcast in the can. Yep, best of luck, guys. Best of luck. Best of luck to listeners. We will be back next week for the Scottish Open and the John Deere Classic. As I said at the top of the show, would be fantastic. Please leave us your five-star reviews, your name in the review. I'll read them out at the start of the next week. That would be fantastic. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf